Well, good evening. I'm Stephen. I'm uh, the pastor here. I want to welcome you tonight. And uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Jonah chapter 4. If you don't, that's okay. The verse that we're looking at is going to be in the bulletin. So it's right there in the center. If you open it up, there's a place to take notes there. If uh, you want to write something down, you can do that as well. And as we go, I want to just remind us that, uh, that Christmas, it's the celebration of Jesus' birth. Okay, we, if you've been around the church, you know what that is. Um, and it's not just the birth, it's what the birth of Jesus means. Um, some people know the meaning of Jesus' birth, and it causes them to rejoice. It causes them to react and to want to sing, uh, to want to, uh, to be happy because of what the birth of Jesus means. And then there's others who don't fully understand the meaning of Jesus' birth. Uh, some people think Christmas is just something that people do. It's something that you just kind of do. And then there's Christmas carols, there's traditions. Um, and then there are some people also who've had really negative experiences with the church uh, or with people who talk about Jesus. And so for them, uh, Christmas is not necessarily a positive thing, or at least the religious side of Christmas. Um, and so... Some people, I mean, even here today, um, you may not be ready to celebrate Jesus here on Christmas. And we understand that. Um, this idea that not everybody is ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus is actually captured in some of the Christmas carols. Um, even ones that we've already sung are captured in some of the questions that Christmas carols ask. And so um, just some of the ones we've already sung, what child is this? who laid to rest in Mary's lap is sleeping, right? Why lies he in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? These two questions are basically saying, who is this child that is being celebrated? And why the heck is he in a feeding trough for animals, right? These are questions people don't understand. What's going on here? Who is this? Why is this happening? Why is this happening the way it's happening? Um, or then from this song, shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? So why are you singing and why are you singing for such a long time, right? What, glad, what the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? So you know something, you've heard something, there's some news that you've gotten that's making you and inspired you to sing this heavenly song. What is it? What is it? And so these questions um, show us that not everybody, even who sings, um, understands or knows who Jesus is. There are some people, and even here tonight, who are still searching for Jesus. Um, and so what I want to do tonight is I want to look at one verse. I want to look at one verse that's part of a conversation that someone in the Bible had with God. And this is going to help us to think about Christmas in a very different way. Okay, that one verse is from the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. Jonah chapter 4, verse 2. It's in your bulletin. We're going to put it up here on the screen as well. Um, so let me read this. It's, Jonah said, that he's talking to God. Jonah said, I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. So let me ask you, what comes to your mind when you think about God? Is this what comes to mind? Um, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster? I mean, 
whoever this is, whoever this God is, this is the kind of God everybody would want to know, right? If you were going to elect a leader uh, for your life, for your country, for your company, you'd want someone like this, someone who's gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster. I think we all know people. Uh, one of my heart was drawn to that slow to anger phrase because we all know people who are not slow to anger. Right? Sometimes we are those people who are not slow to anger. Um, I personally, I realized just this last week that um, in some of my relationships, I've been reacting with, with both anger and defensiveness. Uh, I haven't been listening. I've been so bent on trying to get my point across or defend myself that I stopped listening. There's people in my life who haven't been heard. And that was brought to my attention. I have not been slow to anger in that way. But God is not like that. God is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and abounding. He's overflowing in steadfast love. This is what God is like. So many people think that God is always angry. But the Bible says actually he's not. He's incredibly patient, and God looks for every opportunity not to punish people, even when they do stuff that we kind of wish would get punished. And so against our wrong understandings of who God is, against our wrong notions of God, this verse explains to us what God is really like. And Jonah says this about God because of what God has just done in the life of Jonah. Okay, and what has God just done? Well, God was this kind of God to an entire city when Jonah says this. Okay, God was this way to an entire city. Jonah says this about God because God just gave the entire city of Nineveh a second chance. Nineveh was an ancient city. Uh, it was the capital city of an empire that had conquered Jonah and his people. So it conquered the people of God. And God was prepared to bring justice and judgment on Nineveh because of what they'd done. Okay? They were destroying human life. They were self-indulgent. They were arrogant. They'd committed genocide and oppression, and they'd enslaved the rest of the known world. And so why would God give them a second chance? It's one of those times where you're like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, no, God, we don't want you to be slow to anger now. Right? We want you to judge them. Well, God gave them a second chance because they actually wanted to turn things around and make things right. They confessed their sin to God. They begged God to forgive them, and they changed their lives to honor God and put him first. And so God gave them, the whole city, a chance, a second chance, because God is merciful and gracious, because God is slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And so if you are here today and you're not a Christian... You need to hear this. You need to know that God is this way to people who don't know him. He is willing to give you a second chance. We know he can be that way to you because he was that way to them. But still, what about the evil of the people, right? I mean, that's kind of the rub, isn't it? Uh, we want God to be this way, but not to them, <laughs> Right? Not to those people. And I think about this, actually, we really need to hear this as we go into the holiday season. Right? We really need to hear this as we go into families where there are people uh, that are really difficult for us to love. 
right? I know that for some of us, family time is wonderful and glorious, and it's the high point of a year. And yet for others of us, it's really difficult and it's challenging. It's hard to love the people that, uh, that are part of your family. Um, and when I think about this, you know, sometimes we don't want God to be slow to anger because if he's slow to anger, then we need to be slow to anger. And to confess this about God is to expose something in our own hearts. Because sometimes it's really difficult. But God shows his incredible, forgiving, second chance giving love to an entire city. God was this way to an entire city. Uh, And that's why Jonah says this. But there's another reason Jonah says this. God was this way to an entire city, but also, second, God was this to Jonah. God was this kind of God to Jonah. Okay, Jonah now um, wasn't an outsider. He wasn't this other nation of people. Jonah was part of God's people. He was actually a leader of God's people. He was a prophet, but he was even worse than the Ninevites because Jonah knew better. You understand what I'm saying? Jonah knew better. Um, he knew God, had a relationship with God, and he rejected God. In a, in a sense, the Ninevites had no idea who the real God was. But Jonah knew better, and he ran from God, and he literally chose death over obeying God. But God was slow to anger with Jonah. He was gracious and merciful and relenting from disaster because that's what God is like. And when Jonah reached the end of his rope, um, God he cried out to God, in, in, in confession, he confessed his sins, he turned his heart back to God, and God forgave him. Because again, that's the way God is. And so if you're here and you are a Christian, you need to hear this. This is what you need to hear, because all of us, all of us, Christians and non-Christians, we all need God to be this forgiving, this loving, this slow to anger, this merciful to us. So we can think about it this way. Um, it sounds like the beginning of a joke. Uh, what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? Right? Two people walk into a bar. No, no, no. But no, what's the difference between Christians and non-Christians? Well, um, here's one answer. Non-Christians need a second chance from God. And Christians, on the other hand, need a hundred and second chance from God. This is the difference that actually helps us to realize that there is no difference, right? Rather than this emphasizing the difference between Christians and non, this actually shows us that we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And this is what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be a group of people who are offering second chances on God's behalf because they've experienced a hundred and second chances from the God who is gracious and merciful, who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is what Jonah experienced himself. And that's why he's confessing this about God. And when you experience this kind of forgiveness, when you're given a second chance, there's nothing else like it. Because one of the blessings that comes from this second chance, this forgiveness, is that you get peace. You get this sense that all is right with the world, even when not all is right. 
in your world. This is a truth that nestles itself so deep in your heart and your soul that even when things are falling apart, even when you don't get things that you want, even when things aren't going your way, even when there's radical evil uh, or, or abuse in your life, this is still true. That God is with you, that he loves you. God's forgiveness is not an impersonal pardon. Okay, some people get nervous when we talk too much about forgiveness because they're, they're, they're worried that, that they think forgiveness can be abused. And maybe you have known someone, maybe you've been someone who says, you know what, yeah, it doesn't really matter what I did because I'm forgiven. Right? When people start saying that, people think, hey, wait, hold on a minute. Let's, let's, let's not be too hasty with the forgiveness. You know, let's let's, let's kind of hold their feet to the fire, in some ways literally speaking, uh, because that's the way that we keep them you know, from running off and doing whatever they want. Um, but again, what God's forgiveness does, it's not an impersonal pardon. It's not someone else, like in Washington, D.C., who signs some document and you go free. That's not what God's forgiveness is. No, no, no. A second chance or a hundred and second chance actually restores a relationship with God. This isn't about just canceling your debt. This is about bringing you into a relationship with the creator God. And when that happens, it changes us. It makes us strong. It gives us purpose. We've seen people in this church who, when they've been given a second chance or a hundred and second chance, they realize, wait a second, like the things that I'm doing that are destroying me, I'm going to stop doing those things because I love God and actually I have his power in me. I'm different because God is now with me. I'm not alone anymore. And at the core of who I am is a relationship with my creator that makes a difference for everything. And when you have that relationship, God becomes our king and our master, but he's also our guide and our friend. And this steadfast love that God gives to us, this grace and this mercy that covers us, begins to fill us, and it changes us from the inside out. And so the best gift in the world, the best Christmas gift is a relationship with God. You know, it's, it's the gift that is the giver, right? And if you turn the direction of your life around to follow after God, you can have God himself in your life. Now, how do we know that this is true, right? Think about this. How do we know that these things really are true about God? I would offer just a couple of things. Um, first, Jonah's confession here is the confession of someone who doesn't like the fact that God is this way. Okay, this might be kind of surprising, but Jonah actually, he's not praising God here. He's not, you know, lost in wonder and so thankful that God is this way. He's actually really angry with God. He's angry. He's, 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 he's actually kind of yelling this at God through gritted teeth that is frustrated. Um, so this would be kind of like a Democrat saying good things about Donald Trump. Okay, or like a Republican saying good things about Hillary Clinton. Okay, when they do that, you're like, wait, hold on, this must be true because they don't like the fact that this is true. You follow me? And so that's what Jonah's doing here. And so he's angry that God is this way. Now, 
If you want to know more about why he's angry and understand the bigger picture of the conversation going on between God and Jonah, please come back on New Year's Sunday because we're actually going to dive more deeply into that. We don't have time to go through that here on Christmas Eve. But if you want to know why God is so, why Jonah is so angry with God, just come back next week. We're going to start the new year checking our hearts and letting God do some work so that we can make some resolutions for a new you, not just a new year. Um, but even bigger proof than the fact that Jonah is angry when he says this, uh, even bigger proof that God is this way, the ultimate proof that God is this way is actually Christmas itself. Christmas proves everything that Jonah says about God and more. Okay, follow me here. Christmas is the day that God came to earth to give the world a second chance. Right? Chad said this earlier, long lay the world in sin and error, pining for God to come. Right? And then a thrill of hope. Jesus comes to give that hope. We all need this one gift. It's not the gift that's under the tree. I don't know what you're hoping for. Right? If you're hoping for money, it's not going to satisfy you. If you're hoping for some toy, it's not going to satisfy you for long. Right? You don't need a job. You don't need a relationship with someone else. What you need isn't a gift under the tree. What you need is the God who was nailed to a tree. That tree that became the cross where Jesus died for the sins of the world. This is immeasurable grace and mercy. This is God so slow to anger that he actually takes his anger on himself on the cross so that his steadfast love would fill our hearts and our lives. This is God's Christmas gift to you. Someone told me yesterday that the magic of Christmas is not in the presence but it's in his presence. And again, the best gift that you can get at Christmas is the giver. It's a relationship with God. It's offered freely because Jesus came so long ago. And it offers you either a second chance or a third or a 53rd or a 62nd or a 102nd chance. Wherever you're at right now, I just want you to be reminded that Christmas proves that God is not done with you. Christmas proves that God is merciful and gracious and wants to bless you again if you are willing to receive this gift. Trust Jesus, confess your sins, and walk with him again. Let's pray together. God, thank you for a verse like this that can shine a new light on Christmas. Thank you for being slow to anger and even be willing to absorb your own anger on the cross. Jesus, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for a second and a hundred and second chances. We all need them. Draw us near to you again. Inspire our own hearts with songs of joy because of who you are and that we can know you. Jesus, for those who are here and don't know you, would you draw them close? Would you help them to turn the direction of their life toward you, confessing their sins and asking for your forgiveness? We pray this in your name. Amen.